You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of 21 Questions. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of 21 Questions, the question and answer show brought to you by the KCSN Discord. My name is Craig Stout. I am joined by my good pal and fellow KCSN host. Stop looking around. I'm talking about you, Joshua Briscoe. How are you doing this evening? I'm better now, Craig. I'm very excited to do this with you. I'm very excited to see. I have not looked at any of the questions ahead of time. Uh, I love where the Discord sends this. I'm very excited about where you are going to send this. And I think we're going to have a nice time together. Yes, I think we're going to have a wonderful time together. Unfortunately, we, we've we been talking for about 30 minutes before 21 questions started I see that. here. I do see that. We've been going pretty hard at it. And so yeah. if we're a little slap happy in this, I, I really feel good about this. I really do. I, we, we've been having a good time over here. So we're going to start. With a serious question here, the most serious question that we could possibly ask here, and this is from Tomahawk Chop 29. Who wins in a 100-meter hurdles race, Lamar Jackson or shirtless Jason Kelsey from the Buffalo Bills game, Joshua? I think if you did, the only way Jason Kelsey wins is if you do not penalize for running through hurdles because I don't think Jason Kelsey would have even noticed there were hurdles in front of him. So in that context, I think it could be Jason Kelsey. Otherwise, I'll take Lamar. Yeah, I mean, Jason Kelsey was feeling nothing. Like, the jumps back into the box, those are the jumps of an individual. I've I've been that drunk at his age, and those are the (laughs) jumps of an individual that just does not care about his body right at that very moment. So um, it it was great. I really appreciated it. Jason Kelsey being there to support his brother. That was a lot of fun there. So, yeah, great. Question. It'll make me sad if that if we have seen the end of his playing career, but it does give me great hope for whatever's next because if he's just an accessory to Chiefs games for a little oh, while, man. if he just wants to keep owning us in, in the podcast world and just continuing to take over this industry, I'm good with all sure. of that. Yeah, I'm, I'm great with all of that. I saw somebody suggest, you know, that he should do a tailgate tour of the NFL next year, and oh, I can't think of brother. a better idea. Like, it. If Travis is going to keep playing, put his brother on a tailgate tour and just have him do that all the time. I think I think his wife Kylie probably would hate that. Absolutely hate it. But give him a whole off season at home. I mean, I think she seems she seems also very cool and like she also understands who she's married to. So I I think there's a win win in here for everybody. I think there is. I think there is here a serious, an actual serious question here from Ross Sawyer. Uh, referring to our pals Nate Tice and uh, Robert Mays talking about how the Chiefs intentionally hold back significant parts of the offense. And I really like the way that this was phrased. He said, if they're really doing that, should we ever really truly panic during the regular season as long as the playoff spot is intact? How do you feel about that? I feel like there's going to be a ton of conversation about that this offseason, but a good way into it here. Yeah, it's interesting because I, I think about that a lot, and I think that it was, I mean, it would have been several years back now that I asked Andy Reid about something like that when I was still going out to pressers and everything, and now I'm at the station when their pressers are usually going on, so I don't get to go out there as much. But I, I remember asking that question and getting some sort of response of, like, it's not really how we do that. Like, we're trying to use plays that work 
when they're available to us. I do think we have plenty of evidence of building on stuff as a year goes on. And I and I think that still takes you to a logical point where late in the season or when you know you're a playoff team, playoff time comes around, you can pay off some of those setups. But also, I will not hear that logic when you lose a game that takes you out of the one seed, right? Like that that to me is I don't care. If they if they saved five unstoppable perfect plays for a Super Bowl they never get to, that would be a mistake. So I have my little twinge of skepticism. There's some truth in there. Um, and and obviously, I remember hearing, I think I think Mays talked to Mitch Schwartz about that at some point yes. earlier this season, too. Um, and, and yeah, hearing them talk about that was very interesting. Yeah, yeah. No, and, and Mitch had a great one. I'm not going to you know, go over that point again. Go listen to it. It, it, it was a really good interview there. At, at the same time, I think Andy Reid would be cool winning every game 10 to 7 and never showing anybody anything other than the most vanilla concepts on offense ever. Now, he still wants to win every single game. He still wants the one seed. And it's not like this Chiefs team wasn't tweaking the offense and clearly trying to pull out all the stops all at the end of the year there. So it's not like he's just sitting there with this treasure trove of excellent plays that he's looking at. And he's like, man. I know Rasheed Rice is going to score on this one. We got to make sure that we save it for the AFC Championship game. Cut to now there's going to be some awesome play and he's going to make me look like an idiot here like he always does. But, you know, I, it's one of those that I, there, there's only so much he's going to hold back. But at the same time, there are tweaks and elements of of it, the, the layers on top of everything that I do think that he purposefully saves back. But the base concepts are all still there. Yeah, I like the idea of long plans as opposed to holding things back. Like yeah. Rice especially. They were not hiding they were not hiding Rasheed Rice in week four. They were <laughs> like, I don't know if this dude can play in the NFL yet. We got pretty good feelings, but like the growing pains lead to a better payoff in in the late season and in the playoffs. But those growing pains were real. They were not faking growing pains. No, definitely not. And I mean, <laughs> again, like you think the Chiefs would have loved to beat the Eagles? Do you think the Chiefs would have loved to beat Buffalo and knock them out of the playoff? Yes, absolutely. They don't want either one of those teams to get a leg up on them. And Andy Reid wanted a week's worth of rest, you know, for everybody. Like, he, one less chance you got of somebody getting hurt or, you know, a setback or anything like that. I mean, you, you just... One less game. It's an automatic win and an automatic advancement to the next round. So there's no chance in hell that they're just sitting there and being like, well, we know that we're in the playoffs. We got the AFC West wrapped up. We don't care about the two, three, four, you know, whatever seed. We're just going to play. No, uh, no chance. But I do think some of those layers are a little bit more, you know, slow play. How about slow play? We'll call it slow play. Now you're like, I'm going to slow cook a few things. Yeah, yeah slow cook your rice. I That's bad culinary advice, but decent <laughs> advice for the Chiefs offense. How do you fast cook rice? I mean, because that's the other, that's the polar said, opposite. Well, minute rice is a thing, Craig. Not to oh, old yeah, Davis about it, but I mean. I, I think that speaks to my culinary abilities right there. I so. don't think that not cooking minute rice means you don't know how to cook. <laughs> that's true. All right. Rugby Fox. This is a good one, too. How much will injuries factor into the AFC Championship game now that Kansas City isn't at a clear health advantage like they were the past two games? Yeah, I, I'll i take it from the Ravens' side first, I guess, because going into the Dolphins and Bills games, 
the the week leading up, and specifically for the Dolphins, the weeks leading up, you start to see the defensive pieces fall that, that I think were in some spots places where they could have taken advantage of the Chiefs' shortcomings this year. Mm-hmm. The Dolphins' front four was not going to get a chance to pick on Donovan Smith being back and, and Jawan Taylor. That was just, that game was going to be what it was going to be because it was Melvin Ingram and Justin Houston and me. So, no offense to Emmanuel Ogba, who is a better pass rusher than me. But he plays inside. They, he, you're, you're not disgracing him. He, he just kicks inside. That's all it is. He, he yeah. does kick in, that's all. Yeah. So, those games, to me, the injuries from the opposing defense reassured me a little bit in terms of what the Chiefs' offense could do. I don't think I'm going to have that week this week going up to the Ravens game. I think it's going to be about schematics and players and all of those things, but not getting advantages. Meanwhile, a little up in the air for Joe Tooney, up in the air for Mike Edwards, up in the air for Willie Gay. All of those things would, of course, be be detrimental to where the Chiefs stand. Yeah, absolutely the case. And, I mean, there are some very key components there that even guys that finished the game, like Trent McGuff, McDuffie was a little bit gimpy. Jerry Sneed has been nursing a knee injury. You need those guys to be forced offenders. You need those guys to be collapsing downhill. The Baltimore Ravens do a really good job of getting out wide on top of their in-between-the-tackles game. So there's going to be kind of an all-hands-on-deck approach to that. And that kind of goes to this point. You know, Isaac Hugh and Keith McLean kind of ask a similar question here. But is the run defense against the Bills... And with the Chiefs having some of these injuries, giving you some concern coming into this Ravens matchup. And frankly, yes. Like, I, I and Derek Nottie's injury matters a ton. I like Mike Pinnell a lot, but he's not a guy that's like, hey, get out there for 100% of the snaps. They're going to be playing a Matt Dickerson, a Turk Wharton in the middle. And with all due respect to those two guys, Run defense isn't necessarily their strong suit. Like they they have better they're better equipped to do other things within this defense there. So Pinnell's the only guy. Naughty had surgery. Like it doesn't look like he's gonna be around for this game. So now all of a sudden you've got to focus on the interior. You've got to collapse those linebackers down a little bit more. That means the edges are gonna belong to the defensive ends and these these cornerbacks, and while I feel confident in their ability to bring down a Lamar Jackson or a Justice Hill or a Gus Edwards, I also am a little bit concerned about some of those guys being banged up and maybe another extra hit or having to participate in the run fit a little bit more can exacerbate that injury, and now all of a sudden you're in trouble in your secondary because you lose a Trent McDuffie or a Legere's. Yeah, and I'm with. You. I feel better about the edges than I do up the middle. Maybe after Neil Farrell's sentence is up, I just assume he's serving some sort of punishment. I don't know why else. It's so hard for him to see the field. Um, I just I saw him in week 18. I was like, wow, there's a mountain in there. Maybe he can stop a run. And the Chiefs like, no, idiot, bring me Matt Dickerson. I was like, all right. Um, so I I am in a similar spot there. Obviously, Nick Bolton against the uh, Bills was not exactly covering himself in glory in the middle of that field, especially in the first half. Maybe seeing some things shore up a little bit in the back half uh, ended up being signs of positivity. I think Seth's going to take a closer look at that this week, too. Um, I have not looked closer at what what changed after the half in terms of all of that working. But yeah, I, I am definitely a little bit concerned there. I, I don't think a one-dimensional Ravens offense can win that game, but I, I think that they will be able to throw the ball at least some, even though I love the secondary. They got, they got a great quarterback and great receivers. They'll make some plays. Yeah, and Mark Andrews is potentially coming back. They've still got Isaiah Likely. You know, they they like to run. You know, with a fullback a lot. Um, it, it it's it's one of those that 
as a defensive coordinator, you're looking at that and you're going, okay, those guys are going to be hard enough to handle in our base defense. We don't have a ton of pressure packages in the base defense. That's just not something that like any defensive coordinators do. That's not like a deficiency for Spagnolo. Nobody spends all offseason game planning around the 20% of snaps that you have to play in heavy personnel, but then you come up against a team like the Ravens, and now all of a sudden it's like, well, that matters all of a sudden. And oh yeah, they got Zay Flowers out there, and oh yeah, they got Rashad Bateman. Oh yeah, they've got these other guys that are dynamic pass-catching weapons, and now you're looking at it and going, well, where do we play? Well, what's the thing that we need to do? So certainly the injuries will, you know, kind of change some of that. And hopefully, I, I know that we've seen it over the past couple of weeks, both Cam Jones and Drew Tranquil have played deep safety for this team, um, I, which is Spagnolo. I love you so much. But, and you know, weird Spags nonsense. Yeah, we are going to get some weird Spags stuff, but. That's not one of those that I think that you're looking at and you're like, yeah, hey, take the linebacker out of the box and go ahead and play safe. No, no, that's a that's more of a hey, third and long, we're we're playing around with some stuff, trying to get some pressure packages together in the dime. That's not something that you're like, hey, yeah, Drew, hang out back there. That's just, is that's not take it back there. Don't even sweat it. We're from yeah, don't worry strong. about it, man. We got it up front. We'll play with the light box against the Ravens. You know, like that's <laughs> that's when's that ever hurt anybody? I give yeah, you know. never, never, never at all. So. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be curious there. Arrow asked the question: Would you be, cu- con- would you be content <laughs> with letting Mike Edwards go and letting Shamari Connor be the third safety next year, based on the performance that he's had at the end of this season, Josh? I guess so. I, I think Shamari Connor third safety hits me differently than let Mike Edwards walk and then give because Mike Edwards all year has been kind of like, man, it's nice to have Mike Edwards, you know? Yes. I, yeah. I think I'm just going to, especially not knowing still exactly what happened with Brian Cook, it doesn't seem like it's going to be like the ACL recovery that Juan Thornhill was still dealing with through the entire next season or whatever. But if you're going to give me a chance to have all four of those guys back, I would go ahead and take it. I, I think you've, you've already mentioned all the sub packages this team lives in and Spags loves some personal safeties. I'd bring back those same four guys, and if if they want to go ahead and draft somebody else in the sixth that will start in a year and a half, then that's fine too. But I I really like this group of four. I do too. And, you know, Brett Veach is probably going to pick a fourth-round corner safety hybrid again, maybe not next year, but the year afterwards, and we're all going to be sitting around and going, well, he's not going to be the next luxurious need or Shamari <laughs> Connor like we did all offseason with Shamari Connor, and now you're watching that game against the Bills, and you're like, Damn, I'm glad we have Shamari Connor on this team right now because he was a tone setter. He was a difference maker and played a key component in this defense. And I, I it's just insane to sit there and watch and see. I don't know that it needs to be an either or, you know, to Josh's point there. I, I think that having all four of those guys, Mike Edwards likes it here. Like, let, let's be let's be honest. Mike Edwards is enjoying this right now. Shamari Connor's on a rookie deal. Justin Reed's not going anywhere. I know that people have been looking at his cap number and going, well, there's $11 million they can save. Justin Reed has been integral to this defense and the communication on the back end. You wonder why they are so cohesive back there? Hey, it's that guy. It's Justin Reed. He He's helping orchestrate everything and making the adjustments. And oh, by the way, he's also a pretty good football player that makes receivers terrified to come over the middle of the field. So that guy's staying there. So yeah, just just keep all four. I, I think that that just 
makes the most sense. We are going to take a break and we will be right back with more of your questions right after this. We appreciate you supporting KC Sports Network by listening to our podcast. You have helped us become the highest ranked Chiefs podcast network in 2022 and 2023. And don't forget about our daily Substack newsletter, the best written analysis you can find on the Chiefs straight to your inbox every day. KCSN.substack.com. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We are back. That was the dulcet tones of BJ Kissel that we heard there. I mean, I... At this point, like, I, I just, I, I, sorry, Tuck, my friend. Um, I, I think we may have to have BJ read all the ads. That's, uh, the dreamy lo-fi vibes. Of I know. Uh, okay. And maybe Briscoe is doing it too. I add, may add reads to relax slash study too. That's what I, I need. <laughs> I need BJ with the headphones at the desk. You it absolutely know? is. Like, I feel like I'm back being an engineer again. I'm just sitting here coding, listening to BJ Kissel. And the lo-fi beats, you know, just Can we get some raindrop effects over that little that little ad there. Man. Don't don't give him any ideas. He will do it. I believe it. That's why I'm doing it. Yeah. All right. Our guy Christian Gummager asks if Mahomes retires at the end of this season, right here. I'm where I know, I know. Where would he rank amongst the quarterbacks of all time obviously knowing that he wouldn't get the counting stats of like a rogers or breeze or the historical context of marino or montana do you have a number that jumps out at you just right off the dome here top 10 easy Easy. probably top five i i i'm saying i think four is is where i want to go with this brady is one like if if mahomes retires right now brady's one like you can't you can't catch him in the things that make him one yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. yeah, so Brady's one. I think Montana, just from historically, is probably two in that scenario. And then you've got an argument for a Marino or an Aaron Rodgers, you know, just because of the longevity and the stats that they put up 
whereas Mahomes would be hanging it up way too early. And so, I mean, he obviously still he's gonna, rings as Peyton Manning. I know, <laughs> I know. And I, obviously he's going to be up there and he's going to be contending with that one spot by the time that he retires. You know, that, that's the long and the short of it. But right now, I think he's probably three or four for me within the uh, <laughs> the entire history of the NFL after just six seasons as a starter. I mean, look, look, Craig, you say all that, but I saw some graphics this week that didn't even have him as one of the top five quarterbacks left in these Listen, playoffs. I know. So, Listen, no. uh, you know... Uh, Chiefs are kind of a poverty franchise right now. Only been to six straight conference championships. You know, I think I'd go Brady, Montana, Rogers, Purdy, Goff, Love, and then Mahomes somewhere in there. You had me for the first round. I was like, oh, oh, this is his serious answer. And then, you know, you said Purdy, and I went, okay, I'm on board. And then Goff, Goff was the one that got me. Goff was the one that got you, really? Yeah. Yeah, Brock Purdy, number four quarterback. I mean, I'm just, I'm projecting that Purdy's going to also get like six rings from here on out. I think one I mean, in February. And listen, that, that. I mean, well, we'll see if he just keeps playing the way that Kyle wants him to. Who, who the hell knows? As long as it yeah. doesn't rain, he's fine. <laughs> like aliens from signs. His only weakness or, is water. Or a light breeze. Water <laughs> or a light breeze. Good thing that they're playing in a dome for the Super Bowl. All right. This one is pretty pretty conceptual. Also, okay. very, very, very serious question that I'm glad that you're taking serious by rotating your hat backwards. Hat backwards. Shout out Baker Mayfield. He's also had a Mahomes on my list. <laughs> Who would win in a glazed donut eating contest? One Native American or 25 Ravens? Okay, okay. This is the Chiefs-Ravens thing. Okay, got it. it. The amount of recalibrating I had to do in such a small period of time makes me feel like I am a human supercomputer. Because the first thing I had to do was even figure out if I wanted to answer this question. I think the context of this is important and also concerning. I think anyone who hasn't eaten a glazed donut before can max out at like two or three yes i and then i just think i listen i have diabetes i think at some point your pancreas is upset with you after like two three so if if we're saying like colonizers just showed up on the shores Mm -hmm. and they're like hey this land looks pretty nice would be cool if we took it from you in return we'll give you infinite donuts i think i'll go i'll go ravens there because i just think birds are kind of built for it um, but like modern standards, I think I'll, I'll give it to any human being without diabetes. Yes, I, it, I I'm leaning that way too. Um, it's obviously very nuanced question there because you got to stack all the ravens around. Like, are they are they all focused on one donut at a time, or do they get through split up into twenty five different donuts? Because then all of a sudden, even though they're not eating as rapidly, you are seeing more consumption spread out throughout 25 ravens so it it definitely i think that favors the ravens if they're able to kind of split that up a little bit i think yeah i think each raven's got room for one full donut if they like if they're pretty fluffy so i don't think a lot of i don't think a lot of people are gonna hold up great how many glazed donuts do you think you could eat in one sitting uh one sitting and i'm gonna say not like not like a waffle house challenge sitting but like 
you're here to you got like half an hour. Sure, I got a half an hour to eat glazed donuts. Man, I don't. I'm not a sweets guy, so like I'm I'm probably tapping out after two or three. Like I, I oh I, come on. No, but I'm giving you ten grand a donut. Let's change the. Okay, let's change well, the, now hang on here. Yeah, we're changing, changing the prompt. Absolutely. I will make myself very uncomfortable for for this. I uh, yeah. forty eight donuts in half an hour. <laughs> you didn't say they had to stay down. I mean, they can... okay. So, and so for me, I got to take in the financials anyway because Krispy Kreme original glazed donut contains twenty two grams of total carbs. So for me, that's about. 1.3 units of insulin per donut. And insulin is expensive. We've made some strides there recently, but I, you know, I gotta be cognizant of all of that. Yeah. So um I'm I'm gonna say that if I go ahead and my literally my insulin device would not allow me to give myself enough insulin to eat 25 donuts, I would have to do it in phases because it would be worried about me. Yeah. So I think I think what we're hearing here. If the Ravens might win in a donut eating contest, it's a good thing that this isn't a donut eating contest. I think Mike Pinnell could probably put down a solid forty, though. Like, are, are we are we nominating Mike Pinnell for for that? Like, is he, he like a gamer? Like, well, I mean, he seems like a gamer. Like, he'd get really into the competition. Like, he'd be up for it. And I mean, like. And so, uh, like, I, I know that people are going to take that as, oh, Mike Vanilla's a big guy. No, like, I think he'd be into it. Like, he would take it very seriously and be into it. That's why I'm nominating him. Also, he also seems like a dude that likes a donut. So, I, yeah. yeah. I think I think Pinnell is a great pick. My next nominee is a little riskier because I do think there's a chance you throw too many donuts into this machine and the cogs, you know, start gumming up or whatever. But I think Isaiah Pacheco would eat them like Cookie Monster. Oh. Just crumbs going everywhere. He's just he's trying to eat. The, all the crumbs are falling down, and he can't stop his feet from still moving he, while he's eating a donut. He's, he's burning enough calories as he's eating them that it actually doesn't even affect him. I actually really like that one. And clearly, the Ravens are nominating Patrick Ricard. Like, I mean, yeah, like, yes, I mean, yes. we know that one. Yes, yes, I would, I would, I would certainly hope. I would certainly hope so. So, yeah. not nominating Mark Andrews, who also has diabetes. Uh, true. Yes, Mark he Andrews. And I will stay we'll away from those three. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Me and Mark Andrews can have a charcuterie eating contest. <laughs> no, I'm saying here's a competition I'm in for. I love a good cold meat and a cheese. I mean, let not. Oh, man. We had a culture, Craig. The culture. <laughs> All right. Nick Johnson, this one's specifically for you, Josh. Why do you let Kent continue to dominate you in the Discord? Yeah, so I actually, I said I didn't see any of these. I did get a notification about that one earlier. Yeah. My Discord is a wasteland. My notifications, I have begun to try to hone down on some. Um, I do enjoy every time I, I step into the KCSN Discord, but I, 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 have to, I have to toggle my general notification situation in a way that my phone doesn't completely rule my life when, I, like, the three hours a day I try not to look at it, um, which is mostly when I'm sleeping. <laughs> so that's definitely part of it. Um, also, I do think it benefits me in the long run to continue to let Kent think he's got me in something um, because at some point his guard will come down and it will end momentarily thereafter. I think the guard's down right now. I'm just, I'm just alerting you. He's not going to listen to this. I think the guard is down, like, fully all the way down right now. Like, I think... 
he would be blindsided by literally any competition that you would have with him other than a glazed donut eating competition that we just yeah. talked about for obvious exactly. reasons there. But I think anything that you felt like besting him in now, right now is the moment. He's obviously very emotional about great Patrick Mahomes performance after waiting for it all year long. Now all of a sudden he's got one to build on. He's going to be really excited. He's, you know, we're getting ready to go to the Shrine game. We're getting ready to watch some draft picks. The Royal Rumble is coming up, and he won't quit talking about it. Like, this is prime, you know, really best Kent at something right now. So, playing wisely, you get one shot here. I'm just saying, this is probably the week to do it. So, what if Lab comes around? It never gets the link. He just sees it start. You, me, and Maddie Lane cutting it up. <laughs> don't tag I... him. Don't acknowledge him. Don't mention it. Enjoy your Discord, Kent. I'm sewing Discord. Your light. <laughs> I'm doing this podcast from Kent's office right now. He doesn't even know I'm here. His wife and kids show up and they just wave in the background as, you, as you're doing. They're, yeah. You gotta watch the video, but yeah, they're, they're, yeah, yeah, they're back uh, here. Don't don't worry about it. They're they're right back there. But uh, yeah, oh man, that would be awesome. And you know who else is awesome? DraftKings Sportsbook. Oh yes, they are an official sports betting partner of the NFL playoffs. They are bringing you an offer that will help make the playoffs electrifying, even more electrifying than it already is. New customers can bet 5 bucks on any game and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. I know that they run this thing all the time. I have taken advantage of it, and I, I mean, seriously, I was not a big gambler beforehand. Loved it. Had a great time. Right now, the Kansas City Chiefs are, are currently 3.5-point underdogs. The line has moved towards the Ravens. I mean, this is not betting advice. I don't give betting advice, but hammer that. Hammer that if you're a Chiefs fan there. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook now. Use promo code KCSN. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code KCSN. The crown is yours. Do you have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age, very spot jurisdiction void in ontario bonus bets expire 180 hours after issuance see dkng.com football for eligibility and deposit restrictions terms and responsible gaming resources i am gonna catch my breath as we that go. was an a performance i had to knock it down to an a minus at jurisdiction I know I can't I, listen man this is why I don't do this on the lab but I am going to catch my breath we're going to take a small break and we will be right back 
We appreciate you supporting KC Sports Network by listening to our podcast. You have helped us become the highest-ranked Chiefs podcast network in 2022 and 2023. And don't forget about our daily Substack newsletter, the best written analysis you can find on the Chiefs straight to your inbox every day. KCSN.substack.com All right, we are back, and we are here. I'm Craig Stout. This is Joshua Briscoe. Hi. We are doing this thing. So... This is another one for you, Josh. You may have seen this one as well, but um, we've talked about this a little bit, but I think it's worth kind of recycling and bringing it to the public. If you could start any new podcast on KC Sports Network, what would it be and what would you cover? Wow. Okay. So I'm having to branch out some. I don't think... Here's the issue, Craig. I'm not willing to give my best two answers to this question. I get it. I gotta, the best couple serious answers, they're in this little pocket in here, and they might they might pop out someday. Yeah. I think, wow, what would I, so can you read, can you read the terms of it again? Okay. Any new podcast on KC Sports Network, what would it be, and what would you cover? I think I really, I really enjoy a lot of pop culture things that don't often have a sort of intrinsic home within within sports talk. Um, so a little bit of... I, I always am ready for like a conversation about a Wes Anderson movie. I realize this now because I've had that door popped open to me like three or four times in the last couple of weeks and every time I've become an insufferable, pretentious <laughs> dork about it. And I, I love that. So Kelsey's fit this week really, really set you off. I was... I literally... Some... When... When... Jason Kelsey quote tweeted it with like he was like like Travis was uh, auditioning for a Wes Anderson movie. Mm-hmm. I literally just filed fire, fired off like I had first and ten and bombs, um, several others that weren't as good as first and ten and bombs. I can't remember what else. The uh, the what else did I go? The a football life aquatic. Yeah, absolutely. So anyway, that's all. Right. I don't absolutely. think I I don't think I tweeted. Uh, uh, fantastic, Mister doesn't give a fox. That was that was I was thought about it anyway. <laughs> Um, I so I think I think music and movies and the and and uh, culture that that uh, we consume that way is always really a good spot for fun conversations. But I would only want to do it I think if I was doing like having those conversations with other people. So like, yeah. hey, what have you listened to this week? What, we did a bit on almost entirely sports for a long time of shot clock reviews. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's just bringing shot clock reviews in some form back. Where me and Beards and Rudy would take like twenty four second shot clocks to review something, a game we'd played that week or an album we'd listened to or a movie we'd watched, like something like that. So uh, I think I think maybe I'd just bring Shot Clock Reviews back and just get get a rotation of uh, of some of our best folks to talk about things they enjoy. Yeah, man. Like, I I have a lot of podcast ideas. Um, none, none of them with video. Uh, <laughs> none of them with video. I have a... Reputation to uphold. What's wrong with hey yep. Craig? What's with your video right now? By the way, um, uh, my video right now is doing awesome. I don't know what you're talking about. It's, to restart. it's really cool because it is like playing a video game with frame rate issues. So it's like <laughs> let me just see like a a. My a, ping a. is really low right now. I'm jumping around on Counter Strike like nobody can hit me. I'm <laughs> yes. I'm ghosting everywhere. Yeah, it makes me feel like I'm in a flow state because my video seems to be working and you're. Just oh, like you're definitely up. working. 
So that's how I know it's not my connection is that your video is working and yet I am doing the most perfect robot that you have ever seen. All right, Zach Tuttle asked this one. How much does playoff experience matter going into Baltimore and is it enough to give the Chiefs a good advantage in this game? I haven't heard a whole bunch of people talk about that yet. Like really, I, I, all I've heard is, Baltimore's defense is really good. Lamar's playing really well. Both of those things are true. I'm not trying to minimize either one of those, but we're not talking about the fact that Baltimore has not played very many playoff games and they've lost a ton of them. So uh, do you think that that matters, Josh? It's funny because it was an, like it, it was an anti-factor for the Texans in the wild card round, and then it was a huge right. topic for the Texans in the divisional round. Like, well, yes. So did it matter? Or did it not matter? Because it definitely shouldn't stop mattering in one week, right? So I I think that there is a positive to play to having a successful playoff experience. I will never pick against a team for not having playoff experience. I think it's kind of my little my my alignment there. So I, I don't think I'm gonna take points away from the Ravens because they haven't pulled this off before, but I sure. do think it says something for Reed, Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, those guys to, to know where they're gonna be. But if you take the other side of it, you are saying that you have lower expectations for Rasheed Rice because he's never won an AFC championship game. You know what I mean? Right, it's exactly. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of layers to that. Like, yeah, we can sit here and be like, yeah, Patrick Mahomes, all he's done is play in these games. Like, he he knows how to play in these games. Lamar hasn't played any of these games. But it, it, I do think that some of that will matter in situations. I think the Ravens are not the type of team that that matters for, if that makes some sense. The the style of football that they play, the way that they execute, the the way that they've been able to reinvent themselves and just win all regular season, every regular season, basically, that Lamar Jackson's been healthy. These guys aren't, like, phased by big games. Now, <clears throat> conference championships, a little bigger game than they're used to. I can see... Maybe a few nerves if the game script starts going against them, you know, and then maybe they got to take the run game a little bit more out of it. Now, all of a sudden, you're trying to make Lamar into more of a pocket passer, which he's been better at this year, but still is not one of those guys. I mean, they just got done playing Josh Allen, who's a better pocket passer than Lamar Jackson is, but it, it's one of those that I can see it cascading and avalanching into that sort of scenario. But I don't think that, you know, at kickoff, I don't think that anybody on the Ravens sidelines is going to be standing there going, oh, wow, I'm really nervous about this. No, I, I, I think that they're going to be ready to play. They got a good coaching staff. This isn't something where, like, they're going to come in phased, you know, by, by any of this round. I think the idea of experience helping you stop a skid and inexperience making the avalanche continue, mm -hmm. I, I think that's a good call. I think it probably matters the most for the coaching staff and then the next most for the quarterback. And now, obviously, the Ravens have changed defensive coordinators at both sides of the ball sure. for the last Super Bowl they played in. But yes. Arbaugh is very familiar with big games, and I don't. That's I I really like Mike McDaniel, and I don't actually think this is necessarily a true comp. But if you're gonna give me, if you're gonna say like, "Hey, Mike McDaniel, playoff time, first time in some of these big games," yeah, you have to you have to account for some of that. I'm like, yeah, no, I think Andy Reid going into his five thousandth playoff game is going to have a game plan here that I don't I don't know that I don't know that I, there may be good examples of this I mean Kyle Shanahan's first Super Bowl trip ended in a way that still sticks to him as a coordinator you know what I mean so like Sean McBay's first Super Bowl made him right. completely rethink 
everything about the way that he called an offensive game. Like that's a Bill Belichick broke him mentally in that Super Bowl. He was sitting there on the sidelines going, I don't know what to do. And that, you know, and they were <laughs> that was a game that, you know, it wasn't a runaway. It was just one of those that nothing's working. I don't know what to do. So yeah, I I don't think we're gonna get that from Harbaugh. I just don't. I don't think there's a scenario where that happens. You know, it, it, something's not working. He'll layer another tweak on it. He'll rally the troops. It, it would be the same way with Andy Reid. You know, if if things were going negatively, you're going to see Andy Reid in the you know in the huddle trying to get you know Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, calm down. Let's go do this. We know how to do this. So I I, I think that that's more of what it is. So I don't think that it's going to be a major advantage in this game for the Chiefs on this. One. So yeah, yeah. Uh, Grayson Jaspers asks, who do the Chiefs play in the Super Bowl, Josh? <laughs> I don't like the tone of that question. I don't appreciate <laughs> what that is doing. And I also don't know because I kind of, the Packers have had a shot, man. They had a shot. For they the, did. For the wildest NFC Championship game matchup that we could have Oh, imagined. it would have been so fun. It would have been a blast. I, I have, course i think this is and not from the chief's perspective just as a football fan i of course would like for detroit to win this game absolutely i, I think it'll probably be the niners but i don't feel i don't feel i i'm not convicted on that at all because this this Lions team's got a little bit of that a little bit of that kneecap spark i, I would i would oh, love yeah. imagine what we just talked about in sean McVay. hey jared goff first full circle for you bud welcome yeah. back yeah Oh, yeah, that would be fun. That would be fun. Man, I would love Detroit Chiefs, the Therese Super Bowl. Like, come on, man. Like, that would be awesome. It would be amazing. And imagine telling yourself 10 years ago, hey, the Chiefs and Lions are going to play in the Super Bowl, and (laughs) nobody is rooting for the Chiefs. Nobody. Not a single play. Nobody is rooting for the Chiefs. As a matter of fact, the entire playoffs, everybody has been actively rooting yes. against your favorite football team because they hate how much success they've had 10 years ago. I would have been, nah, no chance it, in hell. No. I'm, I've, I've already read this tweet and tweeted this tweet, and I've put this out a thousand times because it's just so wild to me. got to scroll to it because I guess I didn't have this tab open anymore. whoop de do smart by me. But I just I had to go look at chief seasons that ended in a conference game appearance. Here are your years, okay? 1966, 1969, 1993. The gap mm-hmm. there. 2018, 2019, 2020, 2021, 2022, 2023. Yes. I I am doing a retrospective of every Chiefs playoff game in the history of the Chiefs, uh, the entire franchise here, going through all of this what? stuff. I don't know that anybody realized, and maybe maybe there's people out there that have tweeted this and I just haven't seen it. The Chiefs now have a 22-21 and 21 postseason record. 22-21. and 20, 21. They just got over 500 by beating the Bills. Just now, think about all the success that the Kansas City Chiefs have had over the past five years. It took all of that to claw it 
back to 500. That's that's how miserable this is. This is an exercising the demons kind of post. We're going through it here. There were not a lot of wins, and unfortunately, there were there were quite a few perform or you know playoff games there in the uh, early to mid '90s and early to mid 2000s that uh, were really heartbreaking. So we're going to talk about those because we have hey, I'll, and I'll be ready for that. I think uh, that's not true. I'll read it. I don't know that I'll be ready for it, but I'll. I mean, we're 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 gonna get into it, but we're yeah, they are twenty two and twenty one after beating Buffalo. Like they had to beat Buffalo to not go back under five hundred. I get you know it's hard to stay five hundred when you lose one game and it's over. So yes, let me let me scroll absolutely. through here. They did that quite a few times. It looks yeah like. yeah specifically from you know nineteen ninety four to twenty thirteen. Um, yeah, they did that quite a few times. Okay, well, so they lost here. They didn't play a bunch of these years. I mean, they lost. Yeah here. yeah. What, what happened those years? Oh, they played some bad football. Yikes! Wow, yeah. that's gonna be a. Uh, a tough, great read. I am excited for it. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, it's going to be a tough read. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll decide on the grade. I haven't written it yet, but <laughs> we're, Greg, we're getting there. Greg, everything no, you do is not. great. No, 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 Josh. No. I was for the Discorders. Yes. Okay. Uh, Cheddar Bob asks to give us, or for us to give him. <laughs> he had to mess something up. Three. I said that. I, I, I know. I know. I respect his way. I know. Top three. Non Super Bowl playoff wins. Uh, the Houston comeback has to be in there. Okay, I was gonna. I was before even that. I was going to say Chiefs Titans AFC Championship game because that Ooh. that that to me there was the 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 Sammy Watkins moment late fourth mid fourth yes. quarter. Yeah, that one is 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 crystallized for me in a way that none of I don't think any other moment is because I just honest to God never thought I'd see that happen. Because yeah. right then it was, oh, the Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl. Yes. That that to me, that to right. me challenges, I think, honestly, for me, like, emotionally there, I think that might transcend the second Super Bowl. And in some ways, it, like, challenges the first one. I just, I remember having conversations. Oh, I, no, I get it. I get like, it. I, I don't know. I think I may live a full life and die and never see the Chiefs make a conference <laughs> championship game. And they're going, 50 years of lifetime. But, but. They're going to a Super Bowl was something I I barely knew how to conceptualize until at least 2018. Um, so that's yeah. Texans come back, Titans AFC Championship game. Those those are the top two I think. 13 seconds, 13 seconds game. I mean, I losing I didn't week is so hard. I know, and I didn't love that game as a defensive guy when Tyron Matthew went went out and the middle of the field was just empty. For the rest of the game, like yeah. that sucked a little bit. But man, to have a team, especially now coming off, you know, the experience with Buffalo here, where it just now all of a sudden it appears that the Chiefs are the um, immovable force <laughs> to to them. So, uh, with all of that, there that is just one in the lore, I guess, where I get to look at it and I'm like. The Chiefs were down three points with 13 seconds left to go, and they kicked a field goal to tie it, send it into overtime. Like I, I was at that Texans comeback game, you know, so I, that one held a special place in my heart because I was just st- standing there hugging his darkness and Ryan Scott Hall and then Chief <laughs> Bearcat, like just repeatedly as it happened, you know. So 
those were fun. I had a small, like, I wanted to pick that first Texans game. The one yeah. that broke it. Yeah. yeah. Like, I think the, that's the fair. one that got us off of this disgusting pattern of not winning a playoff game. But I just don't think that I can squeak it in anymore with some of the other performances that they've had. I, I think if I have to look at the list, it probably doesn't really qualify. But, like, it, it's very hard to, if you, if you don't want to do a game that, you know, led to a, an eventual loss. The Bengals in the in the AFC last year, I think was some, there was some amount of exercising the demons of the year before yes. and everything. Um, but I don't remember Can't that. Hold them discount Cleveland like five minutes after the game went <laughs> off. So like I mean there there was some fun there. Yeah, there was, but I I don't remember that game being as fun in real time. Maybe it was more stressful or something. I don't know. Um, no, nah, I think I think I would go ahead and, and sign off on the third spot, going to thirteen seconds. Um, but I think you want to you want to Mount Rushmore it and get the uh, the playoff streak up there too. Ryan yeah. Hoyer, be damned! That was something again that I had not seen again. Yeah, that was that was one, and it was a shutout too. Yeah. So and, and five turnovers. That was just one that was like everything's going right finally. That was <laughs> that was a good one there. All right, Casey, I would say it's either those or it's or it's uh, Chiefs thirty four, Ravens ten. Um, I think one of I think oh. Yeah, that one that one hasn't happened yet, but you're you're calling your shot there. I think that I one's mean, gonna be top. I think that's gonna be top. Boy, three. if they do that, I, this I clip mean, is this gold. receiving group with everything that this team has been through this season. If they make another super, like again, I said last year, don't let them get to the AFC Championship game. If you did, you effed up the rest yep. of the NFL. If you let them back to the Super Bowl with this set of receiving weapons, you effed up again. You don't totally effed up. Yeah. Uh man. Uh Maddie asked when we're all playing the new Pokemon knockoff game Pal World. Um I am now, s- I'm I think I'm ready, but I think my only actual uh, uh exposure to this so far has been I saw one tweet, there were like a million people playing it concurrently. I was like, Well, I love Pokemon. I guess I'll look. I've played some Pokemon kind of knockoff stuff before and varying levels of success. Hell, I, I respected Digimon as a child. I mean, this is I yeah. I know how this game works. And then I was just all a bunch of stuff about ripoffs and maybe AI and maybe not AI. And do these Pokemon have guns? And then a, uh, a mod that just straight up makes them Pokemon. So Pikachu is mining rocks. Um, so anyway, you guys let me know, I guess. And I'm down. Moral ambiguity, technological ambiguity. I, I don't know, man. I, I've 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 played Pokemon games enough at this point to think that we talked. This, you, you mentioned this pre-show. I'm gonna give you credit for, it, but yeah. like. Anything that moves the goalposts a little bit for Game Freak, I think. Hey, you guys, you guys tried some stuff with with Legends. That was that was really fun. What I like, give Pikachu yep. guns. <laughs> I want that clip so bad. Claude, clip that one. What if you give Pikachu guns? I, I mean, I also loved Legends. Fun. I loved Legends. I, loved I Legends did too. I, I thought that the, I thought that the way that they switched it up was really cool. I, I really like the the catching mechanic, the open world mechanics. I, I I thought that they really tried something new, so they promptly abandoned it and are planning to revisit it. So okay, yeah. I'm going to predict something in a way that I've been sitting on for a while. I've got my fingers crossed. I don't even know if I, I'm just going to try to. I'm manifesting the sequel, Legends, whatever other legendary they want to pick, Pokemon Legends Two should be the best Pokemon game ever made. Ooh. You get to take you get to take the best stuff you figured out from Legends, 
You get to bring in the rest of the the ups and downs of Scarlet Violet and Sword Shield. Imperfect games, but they they hit some good beats here. We're gonna ha- hopefully the Switch Two is out to to support this mm-hmm. upcoming Legends Two. I really want that game to be good. Which uh, okay, which prediction do you feel more comfortable with coming true? The Chiefs beating the Raven thirty four to ten, or Legends Two being a quote unquote perfect Pokemon. Well, it won't be perfect. There's a better chance that Chiefs win 69 <laughs> being a perfect Pokemon game. Let's not be silly, but I think the Chiefs could definitely win, and I think Arceus or whatever, Legends 2, could definitely be good. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Last one here from Lee87. This is one that got some discussion going in the Discord, so we'll, we'll kind of have it out here. If Andy Reid changed his original statements and decided that he was retiring after this year... uh making Mike Florio the happiest person in the history of sports writers. He won his first Super Bowl or his third Super Bowl as a head coach after this year. Would you prefer, this is an ABC multiple choice scenario. A, Matt Nagy and all offensive coaches move up one spot. B, Steve Spagnuolo and they promote Joe Cullen to defensive coordinator. Or C, an outside coaching option and a free-for-all on assistants and coordinators. Uh, uh, hmm. Yeah, it's the caveat at the end of the, the with the free-for-all that, yeah. I, this might be, if this is a cop-out, I'll, I'll circle back again and figure it out. I think it should not be difficult to find an offensive-minded head coach that wants to come coach Patrick Mahomes and leave Steve Spagnuolo's defense the hell alone. Yeah. That's, that's, that is what I would like to have happen. It, it can be, you know, I mean, well, the other thing that's, I guess, kind of wild is if you're saying this year, because I'm already deep, deeply uh, fantasizing about Kyle Shanahan getting fired in four years, Andy Reid retiring, and just like figuring that all out, you know, something like yeah. that. Give me McVay needs to change the scenery in four years. That's fine. Come to the Midwest. Um, but I would go outside candidate. I don't. Do you think Spags wants to be a head coach again? Yes, I do. Now and I get don't give know, it to him. I, I, I do think that Spags wants to be a head coach again. I think he's learned a lot since yeah. the last stint, for sure. But I don't think that it's one of those where he's just like, "Oh, I'll take any random job." Like if yeah. somebody came to him and said, "Here's your head coaching opportunity. Welcome to Carolina." He's yep. gonna go, "No, I'm good." I'm like, good, seriously, I, I'm good. But if the Chiefs job opened up, that's yeah. a little different. Like, he's familiar with everybody here. He knows what the expectations are, especially if Joe Cullen is the defensive coordinator. I think he's going to still feel connected to the defense, and then he's going to turn around and say, okay, Patrick, who do you want? Who who who, right. who, who do we need to go out here and get? Is Mike Kafka all of a sudden on the chopping block in Pretty New much. York? You want to come back and, you know, be the, the offensive coordinator for this team, and this is your offense. Do you want to try and pull away somebody from the collegiate ranks that has just been exceptionally Lip good? Barry. <laughs> I said exceptionally good. You know, oh, sorry. Like the Ravens did with Tom Monken this past year. Like, I can find ways to try and make that work. So I would probably do that with Spags, even though a lot of the outside coaching options are excellent right now. Like Mike Vrabel would be fun as hell 
in in Kansas City. I would I would really enjoy what Mike Vrabel would bring. I would just be really terrified that Mike Vrabel would come in and go, "All right, see you, Steve. We out." And I I don't know that that's the right move right now. Okay, I got one thing on the defense side, one on the offensive side, real quick. One offensively, I I thought about this a lot, just like with the, what the Bears are doing. I would have a very hard time having a defensive-minded head coach knowing that if your offensive coordinator succeeds enough, they're going to leave. Yeah. That is, that's really tough. That's tough. Yeah. Especially tough if you're talking about what, if you're OC, I guess the, the Bears have hired me one now. Um, they, it was Waldron, right? Um, mm-hmm. If you turn, if you make Justin Fields an MVP candidate, you're going to be a head coach. If you yeah. uh, turn whoever your number one quarterback draft pick ends up being into a rookie of the year, Bobby Slowick's going to do that, getting a head coaching job here. Ben so, Johnson is about to get a head coaching job after he's done in Detroit. Yes. Yeah. And and, and I wouldn't I wouldn't leave D'Amico Ryans or Dan Campbell on the side of the road because their offensive coordinators are going to get poached. And I know I mentioned this Correct. on 810 today. Jason was like, well, Campbell's an offensive guy. I was like, yeah. But he's also got he's a kneecap guy, you know? He's a uh, motivator. Like he's, yes. a, he's a motivator. And and well, like in the best possible way. Yeah. Calling him like a CEO doesn't work because nothing else about him seems to scream CEO, but he's He's over our CEO that I would love to work for. Oh, my God. I mean, if we're leaving. But yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. But so yeah. that that would scare me because, like, all right, you got Kafka, and now Mike Kafka's been Patrick Mahomes' offensive coordinator for two years, and now he's the, you know, he's a head coach somewhere so, else. Yeah. yeah. So that, yeah. that would be very stressful for me. Also, just a total, like, out of curiosity in your view of this, I'm judging this based on vibes. I love Joe Cullen. He's been a treat. Yeah. If Spags is the head coach, I would give Dave Merritt the defensive coordinator job. And I and I'm fine with that. Yeah, I know that hit yeah. me different. No, no, I think that they hit me about the same. Dave Merritt has been exceptional doing what he's doing. I know that we talk about all of Spag's exotic coverages and stuff like that. Dave Merritt is a large part of of what's happening there and the progress of all these guys. And I think it, you know I'm gonna speak for Lee here. I think he'd be fine with that too. Like if we yeah. subbed Joe Cullen for Dave Merritt there, I just think everybody sees Joe Cullen take the types of, you know, the balls of clay that he's gotten on the defensive line and also Chris Jones. And he's turned them into these just terrific players that, you know, are consistently leading the league in sacks or second in sacks. Like, I, I, I get where he's coming from there. Dave Merritt would be six of one, half dozen of the other for me. From a bite, and I would, I would love to find out at some point that Clark Hunt has been making the two of them two of the highest paid defensive assistants in football. Oh, that would be there's awesome. no cap on that. So yeah, there, there's absolutely no cap on that at all. But Andy Reid's not retiring, Mike. He's yeah. going to stay in Kansas City. Sorry, I mean, you asked that question again. I, I know you mentioned it a couple times. Lee eighty seven. Yeah. All right, Lee eighty seven. <laughs> <laughs> any websites you'd like for us to check out that may discuss football of the pro variety lee and talking about it mm, i'm not <laughs> so sure about that, <laughs> that was we, a have, great we have one more question here from uh to mafoya uh when travis kelsey retires after this season <laughs> much of the chiefs do it mm, weird to mafoya that's wonderful yes i mean Listen, we'll we'll see on Travis. He's he's saying no. I I loved that Travis Kelsey sat there in the room with all the media where they were like, "Well, there were those reports that you were thinking about retirement," and you he just said. turned to everybody and went, "Am I the only one? Like, are, are, 
are none of us, none of you guys are thinking about what we're going to do after we're done doing this? Like, (laughs) it it is, it is such a good move by him. And I can understand um, that, you know, a football career in particular, you, you, you have to start thinking about your football retirement plans, like the day you get drafted. Basically, yes. And and so certainly Kelsey has, has earned that at this point, but also... I mean, you should be thinking about it, folks. I mean, I don't. I'm not. I'm not going to tell you how to manage your finances. I'm not sure I'm in a position to do that. But I mean, you should think about it, right? I mean, I, I've been, I've been thinking about it for a long time, man. Like, and you, I, you do a podcast. I'm ancient, It's a miracle. But... It's a miracle that you don't retire every every three days or so. <laughs> it's a miracle that I wake up in the morning. So you know, <laughs> that's why Kit has to tell everybody Craig's okay. It's because I'm not dead. When I'm not on the podcast, <laughs> literally just, he did wake up this morning, everybody. I know that we were fearful that maybe he fell and broke his hip and died, but, <laughs> but it's just a good okay. old fashioned little quarrel just between just, the two of us. Just a good old fashioned Joshua Briscoe taking over Kent's position <laughs> on the podcast, moving forward on the lab. That is going to do it for 21 questions this week. I really appreciate Joshua you joining me. This was a really good time. It was it, it was awesome. We should do this again in the future sometime. Anytime you're hosting, I'm welcome. Happy to do it. Oh wow! Anytime, man. Okay, we need to yeah. we need to start like layering. Like let's get let's get like a three man booth in here. I'll see if I can get like DJ or Mike DeVito to come, and they can just stare at us and this nonsense. <laughs> I think they would love that. I don't know why you would think they wouldn't be honored to have the chance for such a pal world. Ruin, ruin any sort of communication that I have with either one of them because I'm like, hey, come come play around and be silly and do stupid shit with us for an hour, you know? Yeah. You like, I feel like they've, I feel like they've gotten appreciation for that because if not, I'm, I mean, again, at this point, everybody knows who they're here with, right? I, I mean, there can't be can't be a lot of secrets hiding behind these KCSN walls. Yeah, that, that's true. I haven't been able to hide my dorkiness, nerdiness from them for two years. Yeah, Craig, so, you suck so much. You are the worst. True. Nobody thank likes you. you. You're so bad. Oh, God. This is my favorite podcast. This, this right here. Craig, this is my least favorite podcast. Oh, I love this. I love this so much. That's going to do it. For Joshua Briscoe and Craig Stout. (laughs) Be kind to each other. We will catch you later.